Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host, Hans Christian Wittinghus. Guys and girls, welcome back to my podcast. Today, a 15-minute Q&A special. Before we get to the questions, I want to spend a little extra time today talking about what it means to me when you guys sign up as patrons to support this podcast. I'm very happy today to welcome my patron number 45, Sushi Sensei, and I'm guessing that's not your real name, but your support is greatly appreciated anyway. Every time I get a new patron, it's just such a motivational booster for me. It shows that this person really values the content I deliver with the podcast and also the time and effort I put into it. So it, it does mean so much to me. It makes me want to do, to do it even more and even better. So that's actually the part I appreciate the most about it. But becoming a patron also helps in terms of uh, me upgrading the podcast. Right now, my next project will be to buy two new table microphones, which will enable me to give you all a better listening experience. This is part of what I use the money for from my patrons, but I also spend it for my hosting costs, my promoting of the podcast, developing these sound and music bits you hear every now and then. All of this costs money and that's what I'm spending the patron money on. Lots of other things I would like to add in the future as well. I'll take that in another episode. So your money will not be wasted, I guarantee that. So anyway, if you want to become a patron, it's as always patreon.com slash fitting where you sign up. I have patrons donating anything from $1 to $15 a month. And I appreciate all of it. Doesn't matter how much you donate. You get charged once a month at the start of the month, but there's no binding at all. So you can stop your payments again whenever you want to. And for each month, each month you support, apart from getting two to three days early access to all my guest episodes, you'll also have a chance to win various prizes. Like this month, you'll get a chance to win a brand new FZ Forza racket of your own choosing, so it doesn't have to be the one I'm playing with, you can choose any of the Forza range rackets. You get one lot in the draw per dollar you support with a month. And as I said, I've now reached 45 patrons, so that's a great number, which is why I've decided to take it even up a notch. So whenever I reach the magic number 50, I will start to do a 15, 30 minute live chat each month for patrons only. So when I reach the number 50, I'll start giving away that benefit as well to all of you patrons. So if you want to have a chance of winning a racket, joining a live chat or simply just supporting the podcast a little extra, you know what to do. Gotta go to patreon.com slash Right, enough talk about Patreon. Let's get going with the questions from all of you wonderful listeners and not only the patrons. I appreciate all of you, no doubt. So for the Q&A today, I've decided to split it up into, uh, into two parts. The first part is three questions that I will go into a little bit deeper. So there will be some longer explanations and talks about uh, the answers for these questions. And then in the second part of uh, today's episode, I will do some quick fire questions where I answer a few more questions, but with uh, some shorter answers. So let's just get started with the first one of the questions that I will spend a little extra time on answering. 
I've got a lot of questions about the upcoming All England. I have one from on Twitter from FNZHFRN, who's asking, with so many players withdrawing from All England, will it still be as prestigious as usually? And also Kusnayani is asking on Instagram, do I have any special preparation for All England? So I want to take these two questions uh, together along with all you other guys that, that wanted me to talk about the, the All England. And in terms of so many players withdrawing, to me, honestly, it doesn't really make a lot of difference. Of course, I would like the best players to be there, all of them. But that's just not the time we're living in at the at the moment. You can only beat what's put in front of you. That's one of my favorite uh, sayings. So to me, it doesn't take away really any of the uh, the prestige or the joy if you you win or do well. You you can only beat the guys who are there, and there are still a lot of world class players there, and everyone who's there has been trying their best to come in the best possible shape, and will. Yeah, for everyone, All England is one of the most important events. So to me, it doesn't really matter much. And uh, I, I don't think it takes away anything from uh, from people if they win this event that, that not everyone was there. They can only uh, do what they can do, beat the guys that are, are present. So to me, it doesn't make a lot of difference. And any special preparations for me? Well, not anything special compared to what I usually do for the biggest events, but All England is my, the most important event in at least the first six months of the year. Uh, so obviously this is uh, my top priority. Uh, it's also one of the reasons why I am not playing Swiss Open next week, as I want to do better preparation for All England. That's also another reason that I uh, we are starting up my son Vincent in kindergarten uh, next week and I want to be part of that too. So it suited me better to stay home, do great training. Also, as I've struggled uh, quite a bit with a few injuries since returning home from Thailand. So I, I need a good block of training now to be as ready as possible for All England. And that's my, my main goal in these uh, first months of this year. So that, that's how I'm preparing with hard work, as I always do before a big event, and with full focus on all England, uh, no distractions in uh, in Swiss Open, and unfortunately not in German Open, which I, I would have liked to play actually, uh, but unfortunately that got cancelled. A bit more general about all England, it is my favorite event for sure. Uh, I know there's other events that are special too, and uh, where the atmosphere is different, but all England has always been my favorite event. I missed it last year. I was the first reserve and I didn't get entered into the draw, even though I was first reserves. I traveled there, but there were no one pulling out. So I was just watching here from the stands and that, that was pretty uh, pretty tough for me as I enjoy that event so much. And uh, I have a lot of great memories. I also have some tough memories from there. Uh, for example, I lost in the qualifying rounds of All England the first seven straight years I played there. So that, that, that was some tough times, but obviously I also have the semi-final in 2016. That is one of my uh, my great memories on court. And it's just always fantastic to be part of the event over there. It has so much history and tradition and you can just feel it when you're in the arena. So I'm excited for that, to try that one more time this year and hopefully uh, a few more years as well. Moving on to the second question, it's a question on Instagram from Jamie Tinian, which is uh, who is one of my patrons, and I'm combining it a bit with a question from Raymond Chan, another patron of mine. 
Jamie is asking how much time do I spend off court uh, to do fitness work and what does it, does it consist of? Raymond Chan is asking how do I keep my body injury free? And I'm cho I've chose these two questions because I got a lot of questions about my age and my fitness regime. And there's no doubt I don't spend as much as much time on my fitness work off court as I used to do when I was a bit younger. But on the other hand, I'd actually say that the fitness work and strength work I, I do off court is actually even more important now than it was when I was younger. Because if I don't do it now, I will get a lot of injuries and I, I won't be able to keep up the pace and keep up the, uh, the level of training. But in general, my hours of training has gone down over the years to, to try and exactly keep my body injury free. And it's not like my body is injury free at all, but I'm just keeping away the most serious injuries. But there will always be small injuries or yeah, even some that, that will last a little bit longer. And as I said, I've, I've been struggling quite a bit since getting home from, from Thailand with some, uh, some minor things. Um, but yeah, how, how many hours do I spend on fitness work? Well, I, I have four sessions a week in the, uh, in the weight room or gym where I do mostly uh, prehab work. I do some weights, a lot of uh, explosive uh, exercises. So where I, I'm just focusing on exercises where I get more power and not, not so much uh, where I'm tiring my body too much. So a few more kilos and then fewer exercises or fewer reps instead of uh, doing a lot of reps uh, to tire out the, the muscles on the body. So fewer, fewer reps and, uh, and more kilos is, is the way to go for me now. And that, that's been working pretty well for the past uh, four or five months uh, at least. Uh, I don't do a lot of uh, cardiovascular training off court. Uh, I do most of that work on court. Uh, we train hard enough on court to, to get in really, really good shape. And we have sessions on court that, that's focusing mostly on that. So I don't do a lot of cardiovascular work off court anymore, but I did a lot when I was younger, both uh, running, but also biking. I've done a, uh, a lot of that. The final question of the ones that I will go into a little bit more is on Twitter from Sampit Nayak, who's asking, how do I react when I play opponents who are retrieving everything? Is it frustrating sometimes or does it actually pump me up to play harder? And I chose this question because I also got a lot of questions uh, from you guys on the mental side of the game. But this one from Sampit Nayak, there's a few good stories to it actually, because uh, it, it can actually do both. It can frustrate it frustrate me but it can also really pump me up to play even harder and I have a few good examples uh, to share with you guys. In the World Championships in 2014 in Denmark I played Son Wen Ho from Korea in the I think it was the third round and he really really frustrated me because I felt like he got everything back and I, I remember saying to my coach afterwards that I felt like I couldn't get anything down and I got more and more frustrated on court I got more and more eager to actually try and kill uh, the shots uh, on court so I went for the most outrageous shots and uh, just tried to, to kill everything and it was all uh, basically it was all just in my head that I had that feeling it wasn't what was actually going on in court and I, I realized realized that afterwards as my coach said but he, he didn't find that correct and he wanted me to watch it on video again and then I could just see on video that yeah, maybe I had the feeling 
that he was getting everything back, but I did win points. I did I did score points, so I was just kind of building it up in my head because he saved a few good ones that I, I couldn't get anything on the floor. Uh, so yeah, in, in that case, it frustrated me a lot. On the contrary, I've played Kenzo Momota quite a few times, and obviously he's a very, very solid player in his defense. You've all seen how he can neutralize even a guy like Victor Axelsen sometimes. But for some reason, when I play him, I'm never really frustrated that he's getting everything back. I just see it as a great challenge. I really love to play him. I really enjoy the challenge of uh, trying to, to beat him. I even remember one time in, in Japan Open where I went down, I think, 13 or 14 won in the first game. Uh, but for some reason, I wasn't really frustrated and I had a good talk with my coach in the break and I managed to get back to I think 15 all actually or 16 all and I lost that match 21 17 23 21 so he's kind of triggering me in a way always where I just enjoy the challenge even though he's getting everything back and I think my key point in this is that it's all about being in the right mindset on court so being in the right mindset will define if you find it frustrating or if you find it uh, motivating actually it just makes it, it make you pump up a bit more be more pumped about the uh, the challenge so yeah that would be my key takeaway from it that you you need to be in the right mindset before a match if that happens to you and often you will know the opponent you play if he's uh, the type of player that that's retrieving a lot and before I move on to the quick fire questions just very quickly you all a lot of you asked questions on mental strength and tips for mental training and so on and I'm very happy to say that in two weeks from now my guest on the podcast will be my former sports psychologist Jakob Hansen he's an amazing guy I worked really uh, close with him for quite a few years so that would be a perfect time to to talk about a lot of uh, these questions you sent me so you can look forward to to that episode for sure On to the quickfire questions. First one on Twitter from Babinson Europa. If I become a coach after my career, which discipline other than men's singles would I prefer to coach? And that's an easy choice for me. That would be women's singles. I don't feel as comfortable in the doubles discipline, so that would be women's singles for sure. On Instagram from Dennis Everdijk, who is also one of my patrons, he's asking who is my hardest opponent to beat. No doubt for me, that's Victor Axelsen. I prefer to play Momota for sure, if I had to choose between those two. For some reason, uh, Momota's playing style suits me a little bit better. It's not that I'm beating him uh, at all, but uh, I, I feel I have a better chance against him uh, than I do against Victor, uh, to be honest. On Twitter from the North Wilshire Babson Project, what would be the single most important piece of advice I would give a junior wishing to become a pro Babson player? And that would be Make sure to have fun. You won't get anywhere if you don't enjoy playing, even when it's hard. So don't, don't mistake fun from hard and serious training, but it has to be both. Instagram from B Pradina. He's asking for my goals for 2021. The most important goal for me is to be part of the Thomas Cup team in Denmark and help Denmark win a medal and preferably make a final as well. I also want to make it back into top 20 in the world rankings generally just show that I, I belong in the best events and finally I just want to really enjoy competing as much as possible 
Axian0901 on Instagram is asking what languages do I speak? And obviously I speak Danish fluently and as you can hear my English is not too bad either. I will understand quite a bit of Norwegian and Swedish because it's very close to Danish. I don't speak it but I would understand if a Norwegian spoke to me or at least most of it and the same with a uh, Swede. I'm actually working at the moment on my German because I have basic knowledge of German. I can order food and uh, stuff like that but yeah, I want to be better at German so I'm working on that and I'm also starting to learn some Indonesian and I have been for a few months so but I'm obviously on a very low level so it's still just basic stuff that I know. Final couple of, couple of questions on Instagram from Prasetchov. You are using racket and apparel from Forza but not shoes. Why is that? And that's simply because before I had Forza I was sponsored by Victor and I was very happy with the shoes. I've had quite a few issues with my feet over the years. So I didn't really feel too keen on changing. And since Forza and Victor are collaborating quite closely, they're owned by the same company in Denmark actually. So it was not really an issue for them. It's the same company that provides both Forza and Victor here in Denmark. So they didn't mind if I kept on playing in my Victor shoes. On Instagram, Diman Kuber is asking, what other sports do you like to play? And I actually prefer to play tennis if it's not badminton. I think it's an amazing sport and uh, I would be just as happy being a professional tennis player as badminton player. I basically love it almost as much as uh, badminton when uh, I play it. And finally, a lot of you is asking which of the Indomie flavors is my favorite one. And I still haven't tried them all. I don't eat that many noodles. But generally, I prefer the ones that are served with soup. That's the most common way to serve instant noodles here in Denmark. But I will promise you guys that when I've tried all of them, I will let you know which one is my favorite. So everyone, that will be it for today. I hope you enjoyed this Q&A session. And if you are a patron, or if you don't want to become one, but want to help the podcast in another way, it does help a lot if you share the podcast or if you rate and review it especially on iTunes that really helps the podcast get out to more listeners so you can do that if you don't want to become a patron or you can do both that will be even better anyway thanks guys for today and I will be back soon with a new guest for my podcast bye Thank you for listening to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, share and leave a comment in iTunes or your preferred podcast app.